Welcome to the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's prepare our hearts in prayer. Let's calm our hearts, our minds, and our conversation. Let's put our mind on God. Heavenly Father, the Bible does declare that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Lord, let us start out this day with a brand new beginning, O oh God, of mercies, of grace, and your love, O oh God. May this day, O oh God, be ordered by your word that we can be inspired and encouraged, O oh God, to give you a praise, O oh Lord, that we can let the world know that Jesus Christ is Lord and we are not ashamed about it. We are gathered together, O oh God, in your name, and you said that your presence is already here in the midst. You need no invitation, O oh God, for this is your house. And we come together, O oh God, to celebrate you one more day. May everything, O oh God, be said and done with decency and in order as we, O oh God, put our minds fixed upon you. And we, O oh God, want to be reminded that we are looking unto you, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him, that Jesus endured the cross and despised the shame and sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. We thank you, O oh God, for putting everything in your divine order. We are your sheep, O oh God, and you are our heavenly father. May today's word, O oh God, be a word that could give us enlightenment, O oh God. Give us a refreshment that we, O oh God, can leave this place knowing that we've been touched, blessed, forgiven, O oh God, and inspired that we can do greater things for you. So now let everything be said and dealt with decency and in order. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and all of God's people say Amen. Good morning, Resurrection. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And let me tell you why I was glad. Because I think about the steadfast, unfailing love of God. I think about how his mercies are new every morning. And I'm going to ask you just to look at somebody and say, you know what? When I woke up this morning, I got new mercies. Tell them, I got new mercies. What kind of mercies did you get? I got fresh breath. I got a chance to walk around and see the sunlight. I got a chance to love on my family. I got a chance to put on my clothes and get ready for worship. I got a chance to get to the house of God safely so I could come in and be among the people of God and love on the people of God so we can raise our hands and say thank you Lord for all you have done morning by morning by morning new mercies I see great is thy faithfulness welcome 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 to resurrection to worship today we welcome our guests. If you are a first-time guest, and this is your first time, you've never been here before, we know you could have gone anywhere else. You could have worshiped with another church, but you chose resurrection, and we don't take that lightly. So you are welcome, and we want you 
We want you to get a gift from us. So we're going to ask you to text guest to 830, uh, what's the number? 689-8074. And we are going to send you a special gift. We want to know a little bit about you. Listen, this morning, Pastor Brown is back in the pulpit. He's going to be preaching about name dropping. And today, y'all, listen, today I heard that he's going to name drop Elohim. Yeah, 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 I can't wait. I can't wait. The creator, Elohim, oh, great is his faithfulness. And as you can see, we got our magnification team ready to go, ready to lift us. So all I have to say to that is, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Amen, amen, amen. Let's talk about how great he is. All right.
To the great God, to the great God. 
mercy, God, all the days of my life. For all the days of my life. Hallelujah. When my mother was sick in the hospital on her birthday, I walked in the room and I saw goodness and mercy because I still have my mother today. When my mother was sick on my birthday in the hospital, I walked in and I still saw goodness and mercy that has followed us all the days of our life. For your goodness, God, and your mercy. Hallelujah. For your goodness and your mercy that's followed me all the days of my life. Hallelujah. Your mercy toward us. For your goodness. And your mercy toward us. For your goodness. And your mercy toward us. I want to give God some praise in the house today. Amen. Amen. I need. Y'all don't mind having just a little bit more old church? The old. everybody to help me with this. This is how we would do it. Every I want to give God another great big hand praise in the house. I just needed to get that out. I just needed to get that out. Amen. You are the source of my strength. You, I 
one more time. Oh, you are, you are, you are. If you can, raise your hands to the sky as we connect with God. Father, we are grateful for the privilege of being able to come to you in prayer. Not our will, but thine be done. Right now, right here. Have your way in this place. We need a word from you today, Lord. A word that would lift us from where we are to where we need to be. Somebody's hurting. Somebody's got a testimony. Somebody just needs to see you and feel you and a specific divine word from you. If you speak to us, we'll be different. We'll be better. Now, Lord, anoint us afresh. Use us for your divine purposes, for your divine will. Let the words of our mouth, meditation of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, our strength and redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Let every heart say amen. Amen. You may be seated for just one moment. God bless you. Amen. Come on, give God praise for our praise team. Give God some praise. Thank you all. Amen. I am so proud of them. Amen. And what they are doing and what we are achieving here. I wanted you to sit down for just one moment to remind each and every one of us that we are doing two services right now in English, one in Spanish, two at the, at the, um, Redland Oaks campus, one at this, at this campus. Before COVID, we were doing two here. And some of you all are used to going to the early service. And, um, and so you're, you're displaced. You're sitting in chairs that used to sit be occupied by somebody else. Some of you are in the overflow room. Amen. That's a good problem, right? Space problem. Amen. But before we go to a second service here at this campus, we want to try to maximize our campuses. Is that all right? That means if you are used to going to an early service, um, we, I don't know how to say this, amen. Uh, you can if you want to. If you feel led by the Holy Spirit and persuaded by the deacons, amen. They, they put me up to this. <laughs> amen. We, we're asking that you would help us before we move into a third service, a second service here. Uh, and before we... Uh, build a sanctuary. Amen. I know y'all hear that's coming. That's coming. Amen. 
I don't know when, amen, but um, you keep praying and keep giving and we'll, we'll get there, but we want to maximize what we got, amen, and so we want to suggest to you, amen, gently suggest to you, take advantage of that Redland Oaks campus, amen, and um, I really would like to see us maximize both of our campuses, so if that's, if you're led to do that, you want to get, and listen, guess what, football season is coming, and um, <clears throat> Some of y'all want to get home early. Amen. 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 Somebody look at your neighbor and say, mm, mm. I think he's trying to persuade me to do something. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Amen. But we got some chairs over there. Is there some people in the overflow today? Okay. There's some, tell them that we got some chairs up here in front. Only the amen people. Amen. The people that don't mind getting with the preacher. Amen. The people that push preaching. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Bobby, if you're going to come to church, you need to get here on time. Oh, you was upstairs busy. You was working. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sister, but you can't be walking in doing all like this and stuff. Amen. (laughs) Amen. You can speak to folk after church is after the sermon is over with. Amen. Y'all did see that, that right? I wasn't the only one. You Amen. <laughs> Are y'all ready for a word from the Lord? Amen. Stand on your feet. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good to see each and every one of you all again. And I am grateful for the opportunity to share with you the good news about our God. We're in a series of messages entitled, I'm a name dropper. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Watch him. I bet you he going to drop some names. Amen. Mm-hmm. I admit right up front. I admit right up front. I'm a drop a name. And so I need you to travel with me to the textual territory of Genesis chapter 1. And listen for a word from God. Genesis 1 from the New Living Translation says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. You may be seated. The word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. I want to tag this text with the title today, Something Out of Nothing. Elohim. Something out of nothing. Elohim. Say that with me, Elohim. Elohim. In business circles, especially sales, marketing, and advertising, branding has now become a buzzword. Businesses pour millions of dollars into branding every year in the hopes of convincing consumers that their products or services are valuable. If I said to you, Chanel, an image would fill your mind. If I said Apple or Gucci or Versace, I mean Versace or Ford, you would associate that name with a value. Because businesses and corporations that aim to sell their products to you have focused heavily on linking a high quality and positive association with their name, product, and brand. To the novice, branding involves the designing of fancy logos or choosing 
a tagline, but to the expert, your brand is much, much more than that. Branding is simply the nuanced art of actively shaping your brand with creativity, skill, and strategy. A brand can establish an identity that sets it apart from its competition and sparks a connection with its audience. However, the greatest logo, the catchiest tagline, the most brilliant colors will do little to augment the value of a brand if the product lacks integrity and authenticity. Your, your product brand is your identity. Your product brand is your reputation and the perception that others have about you. When people refer to Apple, they're not simply talking about the symbol of an apple with a bite taken out of it. They're talking about what Apple stands for, high quality, creative, efficient, cutting edge electronic devices. And therefore, the primary focus of any branding campaign must be its organizational strength, identity, and messaging. Because as I've already said, the best design, the most catchy logo, the most brilliant colors can't do much without the strength of the product and organization that stands behind it. Your brand involves the way people perceive you. It goes much further than a logo, just convincing the head. It touches the heart and engages the hands. In other words, your name matters. That design on that cross was specifically designed for this church. Before we designed it, I didn't see it anywhere until a couple of friends of mine decided to borrow it in certain cities. And then we repurposed it and even went further with it, but when they see it, they identify it with the name resurrection. Names matter. It matters so much that people trademark their names. They register them to prevent the unauthorized use of them in the global sense and the social networking global society that we live in, people will sometimes try to steal someone else's name in order to prosper from the integrity and value associated with it. Names do matter. And we can scan the scriptures and as we do, we discover that God has branded his name. People may try to hijack God's name for all manner of self-serving endeavors and purposes, but God's names are spiritually trademarked so that no one can illegitimately access the power and authority that is tied to him. Preach, preacher. God's names matter. Attached to each one of his names is a set of qualities, meanings, and promises. So in one part of this teaching, the part one that we've already shared with you, we encourage each and every one of you to put some respect on that name. And today we want to introduce to you the very first name by which authors, by, by which authors of the scripture have revealed God. When you open the book up, the first name that you would see is this name, Elohim. Say it with me, Elohim. It's, the, it's in the very first 
verse of the very first chapter in the very first book of our scriptural record, here it is again. In the beginning, God, Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. That one line at the beginning of time reveals a deep character quality of God, and here it is. Y'all ready? God is the creator. The one who creates something out of nothing. You know, who wouldn't serve a God like that? Every other God needs something to work with. But we serve a God who can create something out of nothing. I think I'll just drop my kickstand right here that number one, Elohim created everything. That's the first point. You need to get it real quickly because I'm going to go fast. He created everything. Say everything. I'll go and be country with his everything. He, he, this, this is God's introduction uh, uh, and prelude. It's the first impression. And y'all know something about first impressions. First impressions are lasting. You don't even have to get to no other book in the Bible. Just start right there. There's a first impression. And I got to ask the question because I'm the, I'm the chief theologian standing behind this desk right now. So why did God choose to introduce God's self as Elohim, the one who creates something out of nothing? Can I spiritually speculate for just a moment? Thank you. I think I'll take the time and do that. Because one of the primary reasons I think it could be is that God wants us to recognize, first of all, that God is transcendent. What does that mean? That's a big word, I know, but just say it with me, transcendent. God isn't amalgamated into creation. God is not a tree. He's not a bush, a river, or butterfly rather than being part of creation God is above and outside of creation and a, and a second reason could be to assure us that God is not bound by the constraints of time timeless look at your neighbor and say timeless because when we read in the beginning God created we discern that God created the beginning Man, they just, y'all, look at your neighbor and say, you just, it, we went right over your head. That one line means God preceded time. Because God could not have created something that already existed if time did not start until God created it. And God must have been present before it was. God does not fit into our linear definition of time because God exists outside of time. God is not limited by time. God resides in eternity. Time is a constraint in which we must contend. Some of y'all came in here doing like this because you're constrained by time. You, it, it, time is, is a challenge for us, but it's not for God. And this is why scripture uses the language of eternity when referring to God and why scripture refers to God as being always in, in the present tense. Because you and I have a yesterday. You and I have a tomorrow. We have these because we are subject to time, but God has neither yesterday nor tomorrow. Everything for God is right now because God has no past and no future. God is eternally present right now. That's number one. I, 
got through it. Elohim created everything. God transcends, amen, time. But here's number two. Elohim covers everywhere. God transcends not only time, y'all, but he also transcends space. In other words, God predates creation. God comes before everything that has been made. I'm trying to explain this the best way I can. Before God created humankind, God created a location and a space in which humans could exist. Imagine you getting here before the world got here. God is a God of order. He, he, before God ever brought you through the birth canal of your mother, God created a space and a place that you would occupy in this life. There's a puzzle where your piece fits. There's a song where you create harmony. There's an equation where your element works. God created your location before God invited your participation. And in order for God to create location, God had to sit outside of destination. You and I know and experience and can only comprehend the heavens and the earth because we exist in that space. But God existed when space did not. God transcends time. He transcends space and matter. Everything we know is tied to matter. It's tied to something corporeal and transient. Matter is substance of everything we have. Matter refers to the physical components of the universe. God, though, being outside of time, space, and matter, he exists in another realm and another dimension that is not tethered to time, space, or matter. God resides in the unknown. And that's precisely why, y'all, this will help you right here, we have trouble trying to figure out God. We have trouble trying to figure out who God is because we as humans traffic in the known. We, we can't comprehend God's realm. We, we can't comprehend God's dimension unless and until God reveals it and explains it to us. The old preachers would say it like this, God is unfathomable. Past knowing, you, you can't know him or find him, but watch this, because the closer we look at his name, the root word Elohim, Elohim reveals that God also abides in the realm of the known. I got scripture, Jeremiah 23, 23, the prophet speaking for God asked the question, am I not a God who is near and I'm not a God who is far off? God is both transcendent and imminent. God is here, God is there, God is everywhere. God created the heavens and the earth existing outside of it, and yet Elohim also fills the heaven and earth existing within it. He is imminently and transcendently everywhere. Boy, I'm preaching a lot better than y'all saying amen. And y'all know this because we got a theological word that we like to toss around all the time. It's called omnipresent. He's everywhere. In other words, God still is where God used to be while already arriving where God was headed while still remaining where God was. Preach, Pastor Brown. God is everywhere. Here, 
there and everywhere, present at the same time. Somebody came here thinking, I hope God is, I hope God comes to church today. God was already here when you got here. God was with you when you drove, but he, he wasn't just with you. He was with me. He was with y'all. God is everywhere at the same time. He's here and there in the same instance. God created everything as Elohim. God covers everywhere as Elohim. But thirdly, Elohim connects everybody. Look at Genesis 1 and 3. This blew my mind. Every time I, I went over this, it just, it just, it, <laughs> then God, Elohim, said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and darkness he called the night. What just happened right there? Can I explain? Because the personality characteristics of God is revealed. God said, God saw, God separated, and God selected. I went too fast, didn't I? Each of these actions reveal the personal and engaging nature of God. Let me say it this way. He's not just merely a spirit floating around in the ether. I know that's how we think of him. He's not just some source or, or the force. That's Star Wars. Let, let the force be with you. No, that's not scripture. He is what the other old preachers would call other dimensional, but also intensely personal. As Elohim, God personally interacts and connects all of creation. We don't live in an impersonal universe. The creator to whom we relate is personal. He's above us and beyond us, but yet he's with us and beside us. I, I can't explain it better than that. He is personal and plural. Wrap your mind around it, if you will, because the noun Elohim comes from the plural version of the word El. And the author's use of this plural noun is intended to convey to us that God is in perfect relationship with God's self. Not only is there no failure in God, but there's no contradiction and no competition within God. And as we look at Genesis 1 and 26, we can clearly hear him saying, then God said, let us speaking within God's self to God's self, okay? Let us make who? Human beings. How? In our image and likeness. So God created human beings in the divine image, the image of God. God created male and female. Okay, I just need to say that one more time because we live in a time where people don't know what they are and who they are. You might identify with something, but he created male I know this is controversial. I, I just lost a few members, but he created male and female. I don't know what you dealing with or thinking about. He created male and female. That, that ain't even no argument. That's plain. That's clear. You don't need no scientific research. I don't, you don't need to even do genetics. It's male and female. How did he create them? God is one. He created them in his image. Say God is one. He's one existing in complete and absolute harmony in relationship with God's self. Let me explain. One God. Let us. But, make, but there was one God. And there was nobody there when God was speaking. 
when he said, let us. And the best way I can illustrate this is a pretzel. Say pretzel. Because it's that time, it's about that time, and so I'm thinking about an illustration, and it just came to my mind, pretzel. A pretzel is comprised of one interlocking He created that too. No, man put that together from his creation. What God created works all the time. Sun is up 12 hours. It goes down for 12 hours. 24 hours in a day. 12 months in a year. Four seasons in all those 12 months. What God does, he does right. What man does can fail. Sometimes it just... But this one God is like a pretzel. If you think about a pretzel, it's comprised of one interlocking piece of baked dough. And yet it has three distinct holes. Three holes are separate and yet they are connected to each other in one pretzel. Okay, some people back there didn't like that illustration. So let me give you one more. Let me try this one. H2O, say H2O. H2O, water is comprised of H2O. Two atoms of hydrogen, one atom of oxygen. At room temperature, water is liquid. At 32 degrees Fahrenheit, water is ice. At 212 degrees Fahrenheit, water is steam. But in all three cases, its fundamental composition remains the same. It's H2O. God is one. And what is why, this is why I believe God in Christ came into the world to connect us back to relationship. He, to connect us to God, to ourselves and with each other. God, Elohim created everything. Elohim covers everywhere. Elohim connects everybody. And I've got to drop that name because Elohim is the only name for God in the first two chapters of Genesis. Only name you'll see. 35 times and it raises the question why is this name mentioned for two chapters I believe one is the focus that 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 is trying to be made by the author of this particular name uh, is that God wants us to understand God's power say power the literal, the literal translation of Elohim, the name Elohim is strong one. It has to do with God's sovereignty and authority. However, it also identifies with God as the creator. The term created is only used of God in scripture and not of people. People can't create. The term created is only used of God. Can I just lean in here, right here? People reconfigure. People replicate. People recalibrate. People reform things. But only God creates something out of nothing. There's a story of scientists who believed their knowledge of humans was so advanced, they believed that they were on the same level as God. The scientists decided, let's challenge God. They said, okay, let's do it. And they said, God, listen, we have all we need apart from you to do anything you can do. 
God responded and said, oh, yeah, that's right. Mm. But let me, let me see. Uh, make a watermelon. And they said, that's just too easy. They said, we know all about the process of photosynthesis and about seed cultivation, about nurturing and proper watering, and we'll make a watermelon right now. And they stooped down and began to scoop some dirt, and God said, no, 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 no. Get your own dirt. Some got it, some didn't. <laughs> because only God can create something out of nothing. I'm going to bless you in a few minutes. Stay with me. Hebrew 11.3 describes the creative powers of God by saying simply, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So what that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. That which is seen was not made by that which was visible. God created the visible out of the invisible. And the universe, he created it, y'all, without any pre-existing raw material. Are y'all with me here? In fact, God didn't even use his hands to create. The book of Genesis 1, his mouth was enough. God spoke the universe into existence. And that's why the scripture repeatedly announces nothing is impossible with God. Hear me well. If God can speak a not yet universe into existence, what possibly can you have? Uh, what problem can you have that's too hard for God? God can bring something out of nothing. God can bring about whatever you need in your situation right now. I don't know who this is for, but whatever situation you are facing today, whatever challenge you are trying to overcome, whatever battle you are trying to fight, and whatever door you're trying to open, I want to encourage you to drop this name. I want to encourage you to drop this name. Remember this name. Somebody ought to just shout Elohim. Ooh, just learned a brand new name. Elohim does not require raw material with which to work. Elohim does not need logic or law or tangible sources in order to accomplish a goal. All God needs is God's self. And all you need is faith in God's name that God can do all that God purposes to do. And don't you get hung up trying to figure out all the answers rather than trying to visualize how God is going to straighten out your situation and tweak your trials and fix your failures. How God going to work this out? Take a moment and just remember his name. Elohim can create something out of nothing. He's done it before. He can do it again. Can I get some witnesses out there? Huh? Won't he do it? God is not scared of science either. And in fact, God invites science to study creation to learn more about God. Job 12 and 7, Job says, if you want to learn, then go and ask the animals and they'll teach you. Or the birds in the sky and they'll tell you. Or speak to the earth and it will teach you. Or let the fish in the sea inform you. Any of them can tell you what the Lord has done. Or you can ask me when I stand out on my black porch at night and I look up and I see the star, stars in the sky, the moon, half one 
Sunday for the next. I know that there's got to be somebody who sits high and looks low. I don't care what nobody says. There's got to be a God somewhere. Evolution says that nobody plus nothing equals everything. But my friend, watches have a watchmaker. Paintings have a painter. Designs have designers. Buildings have builders. And creation has a creator. Did you hear what I just said? Creation has a creator. It was 1997, a long time ago, when the Hubble telescope took flight. <laughs> Give us a look through its powerful lens into places that we've never seen before. Through that mammoth telescope, we discovered a staggering number of other galaxies beyond our own, that our tiny little Earth is just one tiny, is in one tiny, tiny galaxy among many, many others. Our Milky Way is just a little disc-shaped spiral when compared to the expanse of other galaxies that that, that telescope discovered, the Hubble telescope, y'all, God allowed man to peek just to give him a glimpse and reveal that we are just one of many galaxies and that we are not what we previously thought, the center of the universe. In fact, scientists reported that each of the 200 estimated billion galaxies that we surmise have up to 100 billion stars within it. 200 billion galaxies with over 100 billion stars in each of those galaxies. And if 200 billion galaxies contain up to 100 billion stars, if that's too large for us to grasp, then look at the galaxy Andromeda. Andromeda is roughly two and a half million light years away from us. 200 million, two and a half million, I'm sorry, two and a half million, light years away from us. Light travels at the speed of 186,282 miles per second. Andromeda is roughly the distance that light traveling at 186,282 miles per second would travel in a year. If you traveled that fast trying to get to Andromeda, it is roughly, it would take you two and a half million years to get here if you started now. Does that blow your mind? That's pretty big. And, and, and because, listen, if you sent a text message right now to Andromeda, speed of a radio wave is the same as the speed of light, 186,282 miles per second, you would receive a reply possibly from Andromeda in about five million years. That means that you can't even send a text message to Andromeda regardless of how intelligent your smart device might be. Yet, all that God Elohim did was all he did was just simply say something. Still didn't get it. All that God did, I'm talking from this part right here to over there. 
All God did to create that was just speak the word. Okay, everybody. God just spoke and words left his bosom like sparks from a welder's ark. God is Elohim. He can speak nothing. He can speak something out of nothing. Elohim connects everybody. But here's number four. I'm going to go home on this one. Elohim controls every day. Isaiah 45 and 18. God made the world to be lived in, not a place of empty chaos. That's Bible. Genesis 1 and 2. The text says the earth was formless and void. Isaiah said it's supposed to be lived in. Genesis says it was formless and void. And then it went on and described the darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was moving on the surface of the waters. The Hebrew phrase for formless and void refers to a location that is entirely uninhabitable. The earth started out as uninhabitable, without form, void, empty of life. The earth was a wasteland. But according to the prophet Isaiah, God did not create a wasteland. What happened to turn the wonder of creation into a wasteland of chaos? It's in Isaiah 14. Read the Bible. It's described in Ezekiel 28. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Don't depend on preachers to tell you stuff. Read it. Because in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, it tells about details, the rebellion and the fall of the adversary. Following his rebellion, Satan was evicted from heaven, thrown out of glory. And guess where Satan landed? On earth. Y'all quiet. Y'all must be listening. Satan... And all his choir members. His minions. Made this planet that we live on now. Uninhabitable and destructive. That's Isaiah 14 and 12. And believe it or not, the adversary, the enemy, the devil, Satan, the evil one, the wicked one, whatever you choose to call him, seeks to do the same thing whenever and wherever he shows up. Why do you think there's always so much confusion? He's still doing it in our lives, in our minds, in our homes, in our emotions. He's playing with our emotions. He does it in our church, in our community. We see it in our nation, in the world. The enemy longs to take the beauty and the splendor and the grandeur of God's creation and to make it a wasteland. But Elohim, remember his name. Elohim, God in perfect relationship with God. God self, God in personal plurality hovers the wasteland of our lives and God is a God of order. God brings about relationship and redemption and beauty. Elohim created life and made the earth livable and inhabitable. He came into something that Satan messed up and restored it and you can't miss that my brothers and sisters that God creates something out of nothing and specializes in taking whatever the devil messed up and fixes it up God can make things right again somebody ought to say yes God can you ought to shout it loud yes God can 
Whatever ain't right, God can make it right. Because when Satan attempts to make a mess of your life, just keep coming to church. I believe that you'll find a word from the Lord. You'll find out that Satan, when he tries to bring death where there was once life, God's spirit can make you alive again. And that all alone, that alone ought to be enough to make you shout. That ought to help you with your hurting. It ought to be enough to lift your heart. It ought to be enough to make you lift your hands and praise and thank God that Elohim can transform your mess into miracle. That Elohim can take your darkness and give you light. That Elohim can take your sorrow and give you joy. Won't he do it? Somebody ought to shout loud. Shout to that neighbor who ain't moved yet and say, yes, he will. He takes the dark, desolate, uninhabitable recesses of our souls and places it in the fertile and productive growth because God does just that. Don't miss that. You listen, you and I reflect who God is. No wonder Satan's so jealous of you. Sit down for just a moment. Because God says, let us make humans in our image. <clears throat> a mirror gives a reflection. No wonder the devil don't like you. When God made us, God stamped us and, 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 and God sealed us, y'all. God, God sealed us and it gave us the divine image. You were our meant to mirror cre the creator. Every other creation testifies to the glory of God's majesty, but only humans mirror God. Why do you think so many people are trying to change themselves? Because they're not satisfied with what God made. I don't care what people think about how you look. If God made you, you ought to just give God praise for what God made. I might not be as tall as you think I ought to be, but I'm, I'm glad that God made me. Who, if, if God had given me two more feet, I might get beside myself. <laughs> you ought to just thank God for what God made. You ain't got to try to fix up what God is all. You ain't broke. Ah, somebody just sent me a DM. That, that's great, Pastor. Thank you for teaching us Hebrew history and, and, and thank you for, for helping us to learn one of God's name. You learned me something today. I don't know who that was from, but, uh, but, but what do I do with my crazy kids and, and what do I do with domestic discord? Pastor, that's great. I, I appreciate God's name, but what does it have to do with the lonely nights that I have as a single person or my search for personal significance? What about my finances? Can I just answer this real quick? What about my future and, and my fitness and my family and my health? Can, 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 here it is. I'm going to help you. Here it is. I'm glad you sent me that. It has everything to do with all of that. Go with me to Genesis 2 because on day one, God created. On day two, God created. I'm still in Genesis. On day three, four, five, and six, God created. And after God created, having no one available or capable to assess his creation, God did his own self-assessment and announced, that's good. He created humans on day six so that he wouldn't have to live. We wouldn't have to live in darkness, but he got it right for us. And then finally on day seven, God said, ooh, that's very good. And he rested. 
Yes. God rested. Yes. He, not because God was tired, but because God was finished. I, I, I got to shout hallelujah right there because God sanctified. He, he set apart the seventh day as unique and, and, and special, y'all. Uh, 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 this concept is carried throughout the, the whole Bible. Old Testament says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The New Testament uh, says, so there remains a rest unto the people of God. And therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest. So it's all throughout the Bible. Rest is something you need. Rest is something you ought to take. God rested. Uh, you ought to take some rest. But don't miss the point. When God finished, God rested. And God could rest because God in creating had infused creation with the ability to reproduce. Ah. That everything reproduces after its own kind. Y'all do read the Bible. The flowers produce flowers. Insects produce insects, uh, 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 birds, fish, animals, and humans. We are all self-perpetuating. We reproduce. God only had to create once. When God finished, God rested. Uh, it was called, listen, and, and the same thing for, for, for the Hebrews. Uh, 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 Similarly, he established rest for them. That rest for the Hebrews was called the promised land. In the promised land, others had already dug wells. Others had already built buildings. Others had already cultivated the land while the Hebrews were still in slavery, while they were still in bondage, while they were still being oppressed. Uh, and, and, and God was preparing a place for them while all that was going on. All they had to simply do is just walk into it and enjoy it. And similarly, my friends, God has created a rest that's prepared for you and I. It's called the Sabbath rest. Say Sabbath rest. Say it again, Sabbath rest. Sabbath rest. Let me break it down for you like a fraction real quick. Turn, trusting in Christ, y'all. You become, when you, the moment you trust Christ, you become part of the family of God. That, at that exact moment. You ain't spoken tongues. You have not foamed at the mouth. The moment you trust God, hear me, according to the Bible, you are part of the family. And as a part of God's family, you can now enter into the Sabbath rest that God has prepared for you. It's called the Sabbath rest because like the promised land, it's already completed. You don't work to get saved. The work was already completed when Jesus died on the cross. Wait, and rose early Sunday morning. That was the completion of the work that needed to be done to get you where you need to be. God has already prepared works for you to do so that you might walk in them and be fulfilled by them. But you don't have to scheme. You don't have to manipulate. You don't have to wear yourself out trying to live your life in God's will. You ain't got to be the first one in the church and the last one to lead the church. You ain't got to speak church language. You ain't got to always thank Jesus. Thank Jesus. Somebody told me the other day, you must be a hypocrite. You don't act like a preacher. I said, listen, I don't know what a preacher act like. I can't act like, but who I am, I'm Ray Brown. I speak Ray Brown. I don't speak all that stuff out there trying to act all holy. Holiness ain't a look. Holiness ain't an act. Just be who you are. Holiness simply means God set me apart. God sanctified me. I ain't what I used to be now. I, I ain't what I ought to be, but thank God I ain't what I used to be. 
Somebody ought to shout, Pastor, you rock, you rolling down my pew. <sighs> I'm sorry, I had to get that out. Ephesians <laughs> 2 and 10. I got Bible. We are his workmanship. His masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. Ah, I love the word of God. Why were we created for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them? Can I tell you something? Whatever God is going to do for you, God has already done. Whatever God has planned for you to do, God has already planned. Whatever God purposed for your life, God has already purposed. The moment I was born, God knew I'd be preaching in church, Texas. The moment you were born, God knew you'd be living out here, that you'd be part of a church in a city that you didn't even know that was even on the map. God knew that this farm land would be turned into houses and that you would have just the right job to be able to afford to live out in Cibolo, Church, San Antonio, and wherever you are. God had already planned it and he had already purposed it. All you got to do is just walk into it and enjoy it. I know you're trying to leave God's plan, but God has... He wants me to tell you, stop trying to outwit and outplay and outsmart God. Stop trying to figure your destiny out. God has already drawn the map of your life, and it's a good life. It's a future filled with hope, filled with promise, filled with meaning. You ought to give God a praise in advance. Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. Ah. Uh. Ah, you don't need to create Elohim has already created it. You don't need to force it. Elohim has already set it up. You don't need to go in and go out and try to find it. Elohim will reveal to you if you just seek him each and every day. Your purpose has your name on it. Your peace has your name on it. Your provision has your name on it. Your blessing has your name on it. Your well-being has your name on it. Your joy has your name on it. If I get to you, shout, your promotion has your name on it. Your rest has your name on it. Psalms 127 says, it's vain for you to rise up early and retire late to eat bread of painful labor. You got to get that. You could sleep all night tonight. You can rest peacefully at night because you are God's beloved. God is working while you are snoring. God can handle all the issues of your life. God can make connections and intersections that you need. God can give you wisdom to make solid choices that will get you to where you're supposed to be if you let God. Soon as I stop worrying, worrying how the story ends, I let go and I let God, let God have his way. And then things started happening. Is there anybody here that feel like letting go? I feel like going on, but I got to let go and let him who can make something out of nothing bring order to my confusion won't he do it hold on I'm almost done y'all 
sit down for just. I, I, I gotta say this before I, I let you go because it was on my mind and I was wondering, Lord, how do I end this sermon? I, I, it, 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 it's so good to me. What, what, what could I say? And then it dawned on me that when I was a young kid, I would come home from, from kindergarten. I, my, 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 my grandson just started kindergarten and, and I was so happy to see him and told his mama, send me a picture. And he looked like a grown man and looked like he was 10 feet tall going to kindergarten. And it reminded me when I would come home from kindergarten, I couldn't wait after elementary school to watch my favorite show, the 1960s version of Batman. <laughs> Batman and Robin. And I would love to see them and, because they would always be in the business of trying to save the day against enemies like the Joker and the Penguin and the Riddler and Mr. Yeah, about 10 more people know Mr. Not, not Mr. Ice, Mr. Freeze. You didn't watch it. You didn't. Yeah. School him. You stick with the Bible, I. Mr. Freeze, and they they would find a way. All these enemies of Batman to try to ambush Batman and Robin. I don't know how they would do it, but they they they, they would always seem to to find a way. Uh, to get the drop on them and just when they would get the drop on them the show was about to end and it looked like their future was dismal and, and it looked like they appeared to be doomed and I was just a kid I didn't know if they was going to make it or not but before the show went off the narrator would say will Batman and Robin survive this? <laughs> Find out what happens same bat. Same, y'all did watch that. Huh? And even though I was a kid, I knew instinctively that no matter what just happened, just don't change the channel. Because there's another episode coming. I'm through. That's, I, I, I feel like dropping the mic, but, but I got to explain because some of y'all didn't get it. But I'm going to take a page from the gospel of, according to Batman and Robin and tell somebody whose future looks foggy and whose outlook looks iffy and whose prospect seems uncertain, whose end looks inevitable, that it's not time for you to change the channel. But there's another episode that's coming. And until then, just keep on praying. Keep on hoping. Keep on trusting. <laughs> Keep on serving, keep on giving, keep on praying, keep on praising, keep on believing, keep on trying, keep on waiting. There's another episode that's about to come and I wonder right now, is there anybody here who can testify that in my next episode things will be different in my next episode things will be better in my next episode things will be clearer the sun will shine and I will rise shine and give God the glory in my next episode there will be praise in my next episode 
there will be glory there will be victory because sooner or later he's gonna turn it around won't he do it I said won't he do it there's another episode coming and can I encourage you right now to throw your head back and just lift up your hands and give God glory drop that name drop that name his name is Elohim the one who can create something out of nothing if you think you got a hard problem give it to God he'll take it won't he do it he'll solve it won't he do it won't he will won't he will say yes yes. hallelujah hallelujah I got to go but it feels real good I'm glad I serve a God who can make it right when everything is wrong won't he do it I said won't he do it he can turn you all around pick you up put you on solid ground hey and he all right and he all right and he all right all right all right all right all right all right i'm just celebrating all right all right all right all right all right all right all have a full understanding of who Elohim is, how he works, how he can turn a mess into a miracle. 
how he can create something out of nothing. If you are in this house today and you're not a believer, you don't know Christ Jesus as your Savior. You don't know God as your creator. Then this moment is for you. The sermon, the songs, everything that has happened today has come down to this moment for that person who needs to know Jesus. And it's really simple. It's like ABC. A, we want you to acknowledge that you don't have God in your life right now and that you're not operating under his covering. You're not putting him at the center of your life. B, we want you to believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God that he came from glory and wrapped himself in flesh walked this earth that he died on the cross for you that he went to the grave for you that he got up from the grave and that he's coming back again you need to believe that and then see the Bible says confess with your mouth believe in your heart that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your life. ABC. We have deacons and ministers who are going to come into the aisles and come before you to receive you. If you are that person and you came here today, maybe you didn't know what you were coming here for. You didn't know what to expect, but you got a sermon from Pastor Ray Brown that has explained to you that you've been created by an amazing God who knew what was going to happen in your life. And this is the moment that you need to come into the aisle and you need to come and give your life to Christ. So that going forward, you can enjoy the fruits of being a part of the family of God and a part of resurrection. We have sharers in the back who will explain to you what that means and how you do it. And so we want to take this time now to invite you. We'll walk with you. We'll talk with you. We want to be on this journey with you. If you don't know Jesus and you've been wrestling with that, your wrestle is over. This is the time. Won't you come? Won't you come? Now is the time. Tomorrow is not promised. Elohim, he is your creator. Oh.
it's your all in all. gentlemen there's an additional invitation maybe you came here today and you don't have a church home yes yes you need a church home you know the Lord welcome sister welcome welcome you know the Lord and if you know him you know you need a family of God won't you come and join Resurrection, Pastor Ray Brown, and we will be your family. Won't somebody else come? Join these who are coming. We have time. We'll wait for you. This is your moment. not ready perhaps you're watching online we have many many ways for you to join this church you can text join to 830-689-8074 and we will take your information we will get in touch with you we will tell you what to do it's that simple we're going to give you just one more few more minutes it's not over but we're going to give you a few more minutes my joy he's my strength he's my creator if you believe that won't you come I tell you every Sunday, the invitation does not end. We have people who join all week long. And so we will continue to pray as a church for those who need to accept Christ or those who need a church home. The invitation never ends. 830-689-8074. And you can join this church. Thank you. Thank you so much. You may take your seats. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Pastor Brown. 
for once again allowing the Lord to use you. This, this series of name dropping is, is, is critical and it's crucial because even as we pray, we pray the names of God. God expects us to keep, his, keep him at his word and his word is in his name. Amen. Thank you so much. We look forward to the continuation of this series. Elohim, my creator, my sustainer, my keeper. Yeah, Elohim is one of my favorites. We have worshiped in prayer. We've worshiped in praise. We've worshiped in the preach word. And now we worship with the presentation of our gifts. Now we worship with the presentation of our gifts. Worship is not over until we show the Lord our gratefulness. You can't beat God giving. The more you give, the more he gives to you. There are several ways you can do that. Um, you can text RBC1 to 77977. That's push pay. Follow the prompts to give there. You can give as we leave, as we exit today. You can give. You can give during the week. You can bring your uh, offerings and your tithes to the church. Listen, um, this church does a lot. Um, we, we, the youth, the young adults, the seniors, there's ministries that go on day after day, week after week. And we do a lot for those in the house and we do a lot for those outside the house, the community. And it is your generosity and your obedience that allows us to do that. So we thank you for that. Um, I wanted to remind you of what Pastor said earlier. We got plenty good room at The Rock. There's plenty good room, plenty good room. So we welcome you to come over. Uh, those of you who want to be in the seat and be in the front and not have to end up in the back. Come on over to The Rock. We have a good time over there. If you would stand, we're going to dismiss. We ask the, the, we're going to do our vision statement. Who are we? We share the love of Christ. Amen. Remember, there are prayer warriors in the back. If you need special prayer, they are waiting for you. We love you. Pastor Brown loves you. Pastor, we love you. And we're asking the Lord, we love you, sir, to restore and to refresh and renew all of the energy that you've expended today so that you can prepare a fresh word for next week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May, his make, may he make his face to shine upon you. May he turn his face unto you and give you peace. Lord, help us to remember and to retain all that we've heard today. In Jesus' name, go with us as we go through this week. Amen. Amen. Enjoy your day. Hug somebody. <laughs>